Amen. Well, our time is almost spent, but I'm going to preach anyway. <laughs> but more briefly than usual, so don't despair. If God sent you a letter, would you read it? Of course you'd read it. You wouldn't just read it, you would study it. You would pour over every word. You would analyze every sentence. You would want to know what it is that God wanted to communicate to you. Well, God has sent you a letter. We call it the Bible or the Word of God, the Holy Scripture. It is God's communication to us. Have you forgotten that the Bible is God's gift to us? Do you read the Bible that way? Do you study the Bible in that light, through that lens? Our statement of faith describes the Bible as a perfect treasure of divine instruction. It has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. Now if that's true, and we believe that it is, then that would make the Bible the most important book ever written. That's part of the reason the Gideons work so hard to distribute the Bible as widely as they possibly can. But the Gideons also know that God uses His Word to change lives. And He can use it to change your life as well, if you let Him. I'm using for a scripture text today a, a verse that Martin has already shared with you. It's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, a familiar verse that many of you may know. Let me read it for you in the New International Version. It's just one verse, so you can keep your seats. It says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible is able to change lives. The Word of God changes lives because it is living and active. In John chapter 6, Jesus said, The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Earlier, Gene reminded us that Jesus quoted from the Old Testament in resisting the temptations of the devil. Jesus said, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We live by taking into our souls the living Word of God. And it changes us because it is active. We get our word energy from the Greek word that the NIV translates active. The word is active, energetic, it is moving, it is working within us to accomplish God's purpose within us. Floyd Schneider in his book, Evangelism for the Faint-Hearted, tells about a university student who was a Christian, but who had a roommate who was a Muslim. Well, over time, naturally, they got to know one another. They developed something of a friendship, and so they started talking about their beliefs. And the believer asked the Muslim if he'd ever read the Bible. And he said, no. 
have you ever read the Quran? And the believer said, no, I haven't, but I'm sure it'd be interesting, so why don't we read both of them together once a week, alternating books? Well, the young Muslim accepted that challenge, and they began to do that. Their friendship deepened. Over the second term, the Muslim became a believer in Jesus and confessed faith in Christ. But one evening subsequent, later in the term, he burst into their room. He shouted at his Christian friend, you deceived me. His friend said, what do you mean I deceived you? He said, I've been reading the Bible through like you told me to, and I just read that the Word is living and active. He began to grin. He said, you knew all along that the Bible contained God's power and that the Koran was just a book. I never had a chance. It was an unfair contest. And he had the good sense to recognize that there is a difference in the Word of God and all the other compositions of man. The Word of God is living and active and works in us to change our lives. But it does it only if we give it a chance. It'll work in believers' lives the same way it would, did in that young Muslim's life if we give it a chance. Lifeway Research, in the largest research project of its kind, discovered that the number one factor at work in the lives of believers who are growing in spiritual maturity is Bible engagement. Bible engagement. Ed Stetzer, who was president of Lifeway Research at the time, said Bible engagement has an impact in just about every area of spiritual growth. You can follow Christ and see Christianity as your source of truth, but if that truth doesn't permeate your thoughts, aspirations, and actions, you are not fully engaging the truth. God's Word is truth. So it should come as no surprise that reading and studying the Bible are still the activities that have the most impact on growth in this aspect of spiritual maturity. And as basic as that is, he says... There are still numerous churchgoers who are not reading the Bible regularly. You simply won't grow if you don't know God and spend time in God's Word. You have to engage with the living and active, active Word of God in order to grow spiritually. But as you engage in it, remember this advice from the late Eugene Peterson. He said, the most important question isn't, what does this mean? But rather, what can I obey? Simple obedience will open up our lives to a text more quickly than any number of Bible studies, dictionaries, and concordances. What can I obey? What it means is important, but it's, it's empty if we don't obey it. But be forewarned, if you engage with the Word, your life is going to be impacted by it. Your life is going to be affected by it. You're going to find that the Word of God really is sharper than any double-edged sword. Is this going to convict you of your sins? The Holy Spirit is going to use the Word to reveal your sins to you and to convict you of those sins. You remember the night Jesus was arrested, he told Peter that Peter was going to deny him three times before the rooster crowed. 
Sure enough, Peter did exactly that. And then the rooster crowed. And in Matthew 26, 75, it says, Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Now, how sharp do you think the word Jesus had spoken felt to Peter in that moment? Sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierced into the thoughts and the attitudes of his heart. So prepare to be convicted by the sharpness of God's word. I wonder if we're not already aware of that. And perhaps that's the reason we don't read it as often as we should. Maybe we know there's something we're going to be convicted of in our lives, something we ought to leave behind, a new orientation that we ought to have, but, but we're not just ready for that. Could that be why we don't spend more time in the Word of God? Because it's painful? Surgery is painful, but if it's going to save your life, you'd be a fool not to have it, wouldn't you? Same thing with the Word of God. Since we've had the Gideons here today, I wanted to use my brief time to reinforce their emphasis on the Word of God because it is living and active as it resonates in the human heart. God has the power to use it in your life, to change your life, if you let Him. And He will go to great lengths to do it, to show you He loves you. Because He loves you, He will move heaven and earth to do it for you. I want to tell you a story about that very thing as I finish this morning. Back in the 1930s in Stavropol, Russia, Joseph Stalin ordered that all the Bibles be confiscated and all the Christians, all the believers, shipped off to prison camps. And many of those believers perished during that time as enemies of the state. But the Bibles weren't destroyed. Instead, they were warehoused in uh, warehouses there in Stavropol. Well, much later in 1994, after the fall of the Soviet Union, a ministry team from Commission was leading a mission trip to Stavropol, and they had requested some Bibles to be shipped there going through Moscow so that they could use them in their ministry, but the bureaucracy and the red tape or whatever had prevented them from getting there, and they weren't sure what to do until someone mentioned, hey, there are some Bibles in a warehouse outside of town. Well, the team remarkably requested those Bibles to use in their mission, and they were given permission to use those Bibles. So they hired several local Russian workers, and they began to load their trucks. And one young man, a hostile agnostic, had come just to get the day's wages. But not long after they had started, he disappeared. And it took them a while to, to notice that he was gone. They went Looking for him later, they found him in the corner of the warehouse, weeping with a Bible in his hands. In fact, he had intended to steal that Bible, 
but then discovered that he was holding in his hands the very Bible for which his grandmother had been persecuted. It was her Bible. Her, she had written her name on the front page of it. God had already begun the process of transforming that young man's life by using the very Bible for which his grandmother was persecuted. From a warehouse full of Bibles, God directed that man to that Bible and then used it to change his life. So I wonder, what might God do in changing your life with your Bible if you let Him? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank You for preserving Your Word for us, for the richness of it, for the power of it. Remind us that it is living and active. It is more than just ink on a page or electrons on a screen. Your Word moves. It has energy. It's transformative. And You use it by Your Spirit to accomplish those things in our lives. I pray, Lord, that we would come away from our worship today with a greater devotion to engaging with your word so that you might change us and to sharing your word so that you might reveal yourself to others. Cause it to bear fruit for your kingdom. God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to